Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Dub Nation? It's Brady Clopper here with Golden State of Mind. Coming to you in late July, it's Tuesday, July 26th right now, and the Warriors, it seems like, are probably done setting up their roster for the 2022-23 season, so it seemed like a pretty good time to pop in, discuss what the roster looks like. Uh, The most notable news from the last week or so is, of course, that they signed veteran Jermichael Green to a veteran minimum contract, kind of presumably the last notable contract that they're going to sign fills out that last spot to kind of make up for the losses of Gary Payton II, Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bialica, etc. You know, we've kind of been waiting for those moves to happen. A few of them came early in free agency, and then they kind of trickled in a little bit, um, and Jermichael Green, probably the last one, and I think Everyone, even though I had written about how the Warriors might be done making moves, I think everyone was still waiting for one more veteran proven role player who you knew was going to be able to eat 12 to 25 minutes on any given night to sign. Um, and we now know who that player is. It's, it's Jermichael Green. Personally, I love this fit. And, and anyone who is upset about it, you know, I don't want to discredit anyone's opinion. Everyone is welcome to feel how they want. But for anyone who feels like the Warriors, you know, didn't get as good of a player as they were hoping in free agency, it's a fair concern. But the reality is the Warriors' hands were just incredibly tied in free agency. They obviously are way over the cap, so they're incredibly limited in the financial moves that they can make. Um, Really, the only financial freedom they had was to pay Kevon Looney and Gary Payton II whatever they wanted, but that came with massive tax implications, and that's why Gary Payton II is now playing for the Trailblazers instead of for the Warriors, and then they signed Dante DiVincenzo with the bulk of the taxpayer mid-level exception, which took away um, that roster-building piece, so really they were down to all they had were veteran minimum contracts. Um, and the bulk of the players that you and I would want the Warriors to sign are not available on that kind of a contract. You know, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. If, if you want the player, then they're probably not going to be available for the minimum that you have to pay them. So uh, the Warriors are kind of left in that position where rather than signing great players, you have to sign players that have suppressed value for a reason and hope that you can bring it out of them. We saw it last year with Otto Porter Jr. They signed him to a veteran's minimum. Now, in fairness, he had contract offers that were better than that, and he chose to take a discount to sign with the Warriors. But still, they were able to get him at that price partly because he had a injured history. He had a, he had a, that was, sorry, a very poor way of wording that. He had a history of injuries and it wasn't clear that he'd be able to stay on the court and he was willing to take a, a smaller amount of money for a chance to win a championship, hopefully stay healthy, rebuild some of his value. And we, we saw that work out perfectly. I mean, he did stay mostly healthy. He 
turned around and turned that veterans minimum with the Warriors into a two-year, 11 point something million dollar contract with the Toronto Raptors. Um, that worked out really well for him. But it was a risk for the Warriors. If, if he had had the injuries that have plagued him for much of his career, we wouldn't be looking back on this saying, wow, what a great move the Warriors made. So that's just the position where the Warriors are in. And, you know, they had to do that with Jermichael Green. His concerns are different. They're not of the injury level. They're just of the performance level. He has been a very good player at certain times in his career. He's been a rather poor player at certain times of his career. He's coming off a bad season, which is a large part of why he was available on the veterans minimum. Um, it is worth noting he had a larger contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder and been dealt there in a trade, um, got bought out, and then accepted that this contract with the Warriors. So, you know, but either way, it's the same thing, right? He had he had negative trade value or he wouldn't have been in, in a contract buyout situation and so on and so forth. Um, because last year, frankly, which he played with the Nuggets, not very good. Um, struggled shooting the ball. He shot just 26.6% on threes. Um, played a pretty limited role. His defense wasn't very good. Just kind of middled about, to be honest. But there's a lot for the Warriors to love. A lot for the Warriors to love. I'm, I'm really excited about this signing. Uh, first off, he's a really good shooter. Despite what happened last year, and the Warriors are banking on last year not being the new norm for him. Um, in 2020-21, he shot 39.9% on threes. Uh, in 2019-20, he shot 38.7%. In 2018-19, he shot 40.3%. Um, you know, last year was a bad year, but it really looks like an outlier. Um, he's shot 36.6% from three in his career, even when you include last year's bad season. He's also highly athletic, not as athletic as he used to be. He's 32 now, he's lost a little bit of that. Um, but he's still a very athletic player, and, and we've seen the Warriors time and time again take athletic players, put them into their system, and really reap the rewards of players who are willing to buy into the team's motion-heavy offensive system. And, you know, we saw that even with Gary Payton the second last year. He got so many buckets just cutting to the hoop, being quick, having good leaping ability, buying in. To the read and react system. Uh, Jermichael Green is able to buy into that. I think the Warriors are going to see really great things with him cutting, with him screening and rolling in kind of a smaller pick and roll, pick and pop situation. Uh, certainly out in transition, he can be a big weapon and that's an area we know where the Warriors really thrive and really prioritize. Uh, he can be really good defensively too. He's had some good defensive years in his past. Uh, hasn't been as good of a defensive player, I think, as of late, but it's still still a quite passable defensive player, and he's the kind of guy who really fits the Warriors system in that regard. Six foot eight, long, lanky, but still strong. You know, kind of fits that auto quarter vibe, but with a little bit more athleticism, I think. And and the Warriors love those defenders. They love the long, rangy guys who you, you can put in at the five in a small ball lineup, and they'll be able to hold their own. Um, but they can switch onto smaller players on the perimeter in the pick and roll. They can get up and down the court very quickly so that they're never going to be stuck in an awful mismatch, but they can create a good mismatch on the other end of things. Really, Jermichael Green just has all of the tools that the Warriors look for, and it's a matter of can he put them together 
in San Francisco? Can he work with the system? Can he fit well with the veterans? Because we've seen, frankly, so many of these signings over the years for the Warriors, and some of them have worked out so well. And some of them have worked out really poorly. Um, and I think there's a certain level where you just don't know what's going to happen until you get a guy in there. You know, every team plays a different style of offense. Every star has a different leadership style, and every role player works with that differently, so on and so forth. I, I think there's there's really no way to know if Jermichael Green is going to be that seamless, beautiful fit, or if it's going to be something that maybe is forced a little bit more. I mean. I think most of us thought that Kelly Uber Jr. was going to be a great fit, and we all saw how that turned out. Um, but for every Kelly Uber Jr., there's been an Otto Porter Jr., a Gary Payton II. So either way, uh, I think it's a great signing for the Warriors. I think he'll eat a lot of those Porter and be elites in minutes. Small ball five, probably, you know, paired in the front court with Draymond a bit. Maybe paired in the front court with um, Jonathan Kaminga. It gives the Warriors some flexibility, which which they really like, because you know, truthfully, a player like him, you you can play him at his traditional spot and power forward, or you can play him up to five, or you can play him with two other guys like him, and you know, call one of them the three. It doesn't really matter. We saw that, you know, especially in the playoffs with the Warriors, where they had guys like um, Porter, Payton, Bielitsa. Damian Lee, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, where they were kind of just mixing and matching them. Um, Andre Iguodala, you can put him there. Mixing and matching them based on, you know, who was playing well, what the matchup was, etc. And it didn't really matter what position they played, right? We're we're beyond that era in in the NBA where you have a, a starting point guard and a backup point guard and a starting shooting guard and a backup shooting guard and a third string shooting guard, and you know, you come in for one guy and whatnot. We're kind of past that, and Jermichael Green really really fits into what the Warriors are going to do. So, you know, especially under the context of thinking that maybe the team was done making moves, I think this was a really good signing for the Warriors, and I think it's something that the fan base should be excited about. Um, he has the potential to be that X-factor kind of a player that the rest of the league looks at and goes, really, we let the Warriors get away with this again? Um, and we'll find out soon enough if he fits that. So I'm going to go through the rest of the moves, the rest of the roster in just a second. First, I'm going to take a quick advertisement break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So with the green signing, it seems like the Warriors roster is probably set. Um, Assuming that Ryan Rollins signs to the roster rather than on a two-way contract, which Bob Meyer said on draft day would be the case, then the Warriors have 13 players signed. They have their starters, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. They have their key veteran bench players, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, and Jermichael Green. And they have their young, less proven kind of raw bench players who they hope will be able to 
make an impact. James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Ryan Rollins. That puts him at 13 spots. 13 is the minimum number of roster spots that you can carry. You can dip below that if you have you know, a need to for one or two weeks, I think. Um, but for the bulk of the season, you have to carry at least 13 players and up to 15. And again, that doesn't include two-way contracts. So for now, this is, I think, the roster we're going to have. Um, there is the Andre Iguodala question. He has yet to announce whether he is returning or not. Um, the, you know, It's been reported and we've written about this on the site that the Warriors are holding a roster spot for him if he wants it. So you know, it really comes down to does Andre Iguodala want to play or not? If he wants to play another year, he'll be on the Warriors. He'll be the 14th roster spot. If he doesn't want to play, then he's not going to, and he'll retire. Uh, pretty simple. Um, I have no inside information on this. I don't think anyone has any inside information on this. If I had to guess, I would think that Iguodala will be back. Um, just because he mentioned during the playoffs, I believe, that he thought he knew what he was going to do next season and um, just wasn't announcing it yet. And now we're almost a month into free agency. We're, you know, six plus weeks since the Warriors won the finals. There's been so much time for Iguodala to announce that he wanted to retire if that was what he wanted to do. My guess is he wants to return and he's kind of giving himself a bit of an off-season here to see how his body reacts, see if he can get to feeling a little bit more healthy before he finalizes that decision to return. But with that said, he's Andre Iguodala. One of the things he's passionate about in life is um, being coy and being sneaky and misleading people. So, you know, it very well could be that we hear reports of the Warriors saving a roster spot for him up until opening night and then he retires, you know, 15 minutes before the tip-off. There's, there's just no reason in trying to figure out what Andre Iguodala is doing. Love the guy. It's who he is. Um, but one of those remaining roster spots could end up going to him, of course, and I lean towards thinking that that will happen. Then they have their two two-way contracts. Um, you know, a quick refresher for people who are not familiar with two-way contracts. You can sign any player to a two-way contract who hasn't been um, in the league for more than four years. They can play a limited amount of games. I believe it's 50 games with the team, practice with them, travel with them as much as they want. They get half of, a, um, half of the minimum contract, and they're ineligible for the playoffs. Though, you know, for those... With a keen eye, you might have remembered seeing Chris Chioza and Quindary Weatherspoon on the Warriors bench in the playoffs. You still get to be part of the team. You still get to practice, travel, etc. Sit on the bench. You just can't play in the games in the, in the playoffs. Um, and you get two of those spots. And right now, the Warriors have two players signed. They're, they brought back Quindary Weatherspoon on a two-way. Uh, and they also signed Lester Quinones on draft day after he went undrafted. Weatherspoon is the interesting one to watch here. The Warriors obviously liked him after having him in that spot last year. Um, you know, there have been plenty of reports that they're quite high on him. If they decide to add another player to the active roster and fill out beyond the 13 or 14 spots that they that they have filled, 
I think he is the person who is in the driver's seat for that. It would make a lot of sense um, from where they're standing to put him in there, even though I know people weren't incredibly impressed with him last year. But, you know, again, we're talking about a guy who's going to be on the back of the bench. Um, and he's he does some things very well. And he'll get a chance he'll get a chance in training camp to, to prove that he deserves that spot. And, and we'll see what, what happens. Uh, the Warriors have also signed three Exhibit 10 contracts. Um, quick refresher on Exhibit 10. It, it's basically just a training camp contract. It's a fully non-guaranteed contract. And really, the only, the only thing that separates it from any other training camp contract is that there's a financial incentive for the player to play for the team's G League affiliate if they do not make the roster. Um, it's not a huge incentive. I think it's the last I checked it was $50,000. So basically, if a player on Exhibit 10 doesn't make the roster, decides to play for Santa Cruz, they get their G League salary and they get $50,000 as well. Something like that. Um, so the notable player that the Warriors signed to an Exhibit 10 contract um, who will be in training camp with them is Mac McClung. Uh, McClung, you may be familiar with him. He became a little bit of a legend during uh, his high school days because he had obscene athleticism um, and, and really just doesn't look like a player who would have obscene athleticism. He's, he's pretty small. He kind of looks... He looks like a, a, a second baseman. You know, that, that's, I think, the best way to put it. He, he looks like a guy, if you, if you looked at him and said this, if someone told you this is a professional athlete, you would think middle infielder. Um, but he has an obscene vertical, I think 42 inches. Um, and so he, you know, he kind of came up in the YouTube era of basketball highlights and made a name for himself in high school with his ridiculous dunks and his kind of street ball style of play. And then um, did that a little bit in college, but also proved in college that, that he could play all right. Not great, but all right. Um, and that's earned him a tiny bit of a role in the NBA. He, he played in the G League last year. He appeared in two NBA games. Um, and he has just a little bit of a, you know, a little folklore, a little, a little bit of a legend to him um, because of, of those highlights. Uh, the reality is, you know, when the Warriors announced the signing, my boss, who is a Lakers fan, and McClung played for, for the Lakers last year, um, sent me a message immediately just saying, good luck, he sucks. Uh, he was not a good shooter in college. He was a good shooter in the G League last year, albeit in a, in a very small sample size. So, you know, if, if that's actually something he's fixed, then that's great. Um, he could potentially be an interesting player. But otherwise, you know, probably a guy who's a little bit more fun and is going to get a lot of fanfare, but isn't necessarily very likely to make the roster. Um, not a good defender. Not, not a good ball handler really doesn't do a lot to be honest um but you know young player you never know when those guys are going to take the leap he was on the Warriors summer league team he looked pretty good um there have been a lot of players who looked really good on the Warriors summer league team who who were horrible in the NBA so I wouldn't put too much stock into that but obviously it's better to look good than it is to look bad so you know it's not nothing so he'll be in training camp and certainly you know people's eyes will be on him quite a bit um and it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of make a push to have 
uh, one of those roster spots. Or, you know, what might be more likely is that Quindary Weatherspoon gets a roster spot and McClung slides into that second two-way spot. Um, because two-way spots are fluid, you can cut a two-way contract at any time and fill them with a different player. Um, they don't count against the salary cap, so, you know, other than the the actual salary numbers that the, would be being paid out, there's no, and even those, you know, they're all obviously, they're prorated based on how long you're playing. So if you have a player on a two-way contract who plays half a year, and then you cut him and you sign a different player to a two-way contract for the second half of the year, it's the same thing financially. So um, there's no reason to not do that. In fact, the Warriors did that last year. And Harry Weatherspoon was not on the team at the start of the season. It was Jeff Doughton. Uh, and they cut him at some point and replaced him with Weatherspoon. Two other guys that they've signed to exhibit 10 contracts, maybe more than two, and I've just missed them because these things are kind of hard to track sometimes. Uh, they signed Pat Spencer, who, I mean, look, no offense to Pat Spencer, I wouldn't exactly hold my breath about the guy doing anything in training camp. He played in the G League last year. He averaged 3.1 points, assists, shot 25% on threes. Um, his college stats were not notable either. Um, small guy, 6'3", 205-ish. Really just a training camp body. Um, they also signed Trevion Williams, who opened some eyes in, in Summer League this year, playing with the Boston Celtics. He was a very um, interesting player in college, four-year player at, at Purdue. Not a huge score. He averaged 12 points last year, but he's been a really good defend or really good rebounder. He had 7.4 rebounds per game this year in just 20.1 minutes. 9.1 per game the year before in 25.1 minutes. Um, big beefy guy, 6'10", 265. Um, truthfully, kind of the physical frame that the Warriors don't have. You know, Looney holds it holds it down incredibly well as a center, but he's not that big body. Um, James Wiseman certainly is not that kind of a body. So, um, Tremion Williams, a lot of players, I mean, a lot of analysts and, and writers and whatnot really like him and think that he has a lot of potential. Um, so he's a guy who I would not at all be surprised to see earn that second two-way spot if Weatherspoon um, gets a contract or even if, if Williams has a really good training camp maybe he opens the year on the roster on a partially guaranteed contract provides some backup center minutes while they wait to figure out what the hell they have in James Wiseman and then they can kind of assess and go from there but he's he'll be an interesting one to keep your eye on um but as a reminder you know these these back of the roster training camp deals you know it's not always players that the team is actually thinking about adding you know, last year, the Warriors went into training camp with one roster spot left. They had Gary Payton II, Avery Bradley, and Michael Mulder in camp. Those three were pretty clearly fighting for that roster spot. But they also had Jordan Bell, and they also had Langston Galloway. And I think someone else was there for a game or two. Those guys had no chance. None. Um, but the Warriors had them in there because you need those extra bodies. You need some extra looks and whatnot during the training camp practices and games and and what have you and so you know a lot of these guys Pat Spencer is certainly gonna gonna fit that role where he's not really playing for anything up the Warriors don't have him in there for anything other than a body he's obviously playing to you know 
hopefully open some eyes and whatnot. But so if you're not impressed by the Warriors training camp bodies, have no fear. Every team, every team has these kind of guys. It's just how it goes. So that's where the Warriors roster is looking like as we get ready to end July. Looks like we, for the most part, know the crew who's going to be here to try and defend their championship. Hopefully they're able to. We'll obviously find out soon. It'll be very fun. Um, yeah. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy this podcast. Make sure you read more about all these guys at goldenstateofmind.com. Come jump in an article. Let us know how you feel about the Jamichael Green signing, who you want in those final roster spots, who you want in the two-way contracts. It's going to be pretty quiet few months here in the NBA, but we're going to obviously keep the lights on with some, some fun Warriors content and and get ready for what figures to be a, a very fun NBA season again and a very fun Warriors season again. Thanks, everybody.